and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. What makes a place an incentive destination? You might assume that to qualify as reward travel, a destination must offer white sand beaches, exotic history, or a remote location far from civilization. But incentive planners say that's not necessarily the case. Domestic cities, even those that are familiar and don't even involve changing time zones, can not only offer cost savings and logistical ease compared to more far-flung options, but, if planned right, can offer immersive, incentive-level experiences that will motivate participants as much as any beach getaway. So what's it take to elevate a city into an incentive destination? We spoke with a few experts to find out. This episode of Eventful is brought to you by Visit Seattle. In Seattle, experiences take on a new dimension, making it a unique and rewarding incentive destination. Here, visitors can immerse themselves in such distinct activities as harvesting their own oysters, making their own wine, or taking a yoga class right in the middle of the awe-inspiring Chihuly Garden and Glass. Learn about how Seattle can provide a unique incentive for your top performers at visitseattle.org backslash meetings. I think incentive destinations are somewhat cyclical. A lot depends, of course, on the economy, but there's a lot of resort destinations, but a lot of companies also come back to the traditional cities as well. That's Joy Lewis, Manager of Purchasing and Design and Travel and Events for Incentive Company 110. So we see a lot of that happening, especially with the uptick in the new properties that are coming online in cities. It's not just the big boxes anymore. It's not just the conventions, but they're recognizing that the cities are a great place for companies to send their incentive participants. So we do see a lot of new ones coming on, not just in the resort and the hot areas, but in the cities as well. Hotels that may have pools, nice workout centers, a spa, a variety of space in which they can have meals and meetings if they need, as well as some really non-traditional space at the hotel that can be used. Not everyone wants to go into a ballroom for an award dinner, for instance. So hotels that are coming online now are taking that into account. And and what about outside of the hotel then? Are there certain activities or things that you can add to the agenda to really give any destination, especially if it's in like a city or an urban environment, give that more of an incentive feel? One of the cool things about being in a city is that when you step outside of your hotel room, there's so much to do and see and experience. Whereas if you are in a remote resort area, you don't have that um, immediate experience maybe when you step out your door. So for instance, when you step out of your door in New York City, there's a ton of great restaurants. The shopping is fabulous. There's museums within walking distance. There's a variety of transportation modes you can try. There's iconic attractions and landmarks that 
are exciting and they're nearby. So you don't have to travel hours to get to some place to have a fabulous dinner. Cities can offer experiences unique to the fabric of the city. When you're in New York, there's Broadway shows, but you can also put things into that experience like an exclusive behind the scene tour or having a Broadway character come to your dinner that evening. If you are at Washington, D.C. and you're having an evening event, well, why not have it at the National Archives where you are sitting just inches away from the Declaration of Independence. So these types of things really add to the incentive and you you get them in the big cities. And I would think that that's probably true of culinary offerings too, where cities have such a huge variety of options. You can tap into them in creative ways. Yes. And not ch- you get the huge range of choice, but you also get the unique local experience. For instance, when you're in Boston, to be able to have the culinary experience of actually getting the lobsters fresh and cracking them open and experiencing that food experience like they do in that area. So that's another thing that's really cool. There's a lot of areas that you can go to for buyouts of restaurants. There's the, the, just the sheer numbers. And if you have diner rounds, you have a lot of variety. So there is a lot to do with the culinary. And in addition, there are a lot of famous chefs that will come and do cooking classes with your people. And that's a very popular experience these days is being able to actually cook with a chef and then sitting down and dining and eating what you have made and chatting with the chef and getting tips. What about logistical issues? How can a city maybe better allow for getting from one place to another? Transportation might be more readily available. For instance, you may have better airlift Shorter airport transfer times might make the airfares more reasonable, or a lot of times clients will want to stick around in their regions so that their people can drive, which saves the company some money, and also the people don't have to more or less be involved with airports and in that stress. So there is a lot of driving or taking trains for regional programs. What are some other aspects to a city that might give it an advantage over more far-flung destinations as an incentive? I think it's the same really for any program. I think you want to communicate it far in advance. You want to give the people um, drips and drabs of what they're going to do and, and build up the excitement for the trip. You want to have executive participation, which is one of the reasons that companies sometimes choose a city is because of corporate sponsorship or connection to the to the city, such as ownership or um, naming rights on a, a field, or else also having the corporate headquarters there to get the executives involved and get the people out to the corporate headquarters to be a, see a tour or whatever out there. So I think those types of things are what differentiates that city experience from the resort experience. Another thing I know that is 
really been popular in all incentive trips, but is very easy to accommodate in cities is the CSR, the corporate responsibility. And more and more people within companies want to participate in corporate responsibility. And within a city, there's a lot of options, again, giving you the opportunity to customize what you contribute based on what you like to do. Do you want to work in a food shelf? Do you want to plant trees? Do you want to paint a school? So all of those can be incorporated and doing it within a city, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of choice. And are you finding that customization is in demand from attendees? Absolutely. And there have been instances when we have done sort of a tailor your own day where you get a car and driver and you can go and do whatever you want whatever you want within the city, you know, and that really has become very popular too. So someone can take you to where you want to go and you can get out and bike around Central Park, but then get back into the vehicle and have them take you down to the 9-11 museum. Each person likes to do their own thing. They're either more active or they like to be the ones that go to the museum that read every single thing as they're walking by. And they could be in the National Museum for eight hours where someone else just wants to scoot in, take a few photos and scoot out. It does afford you the opportunity to be able to really customize the experience. So what about the marketing? How would you promote an incentive held in a city destination differently than you might for another kind of destination? A lot of times there are things in the city that you can sort of latch onto as part of your program that helps build the excitement because you want to build excitement. Concerts, sporting events, uh, special events like the Grammys or the Emmys, these would be catches to get a participant excited about going to a city. I think the other marketing side or tactic is that you can incorporate so many different things into the incentive that you can appeal to almost everyone. Joy's points about tailoring an incentive program to individuals and to the specific group were echoed by Mindy Haslick, Senior Solution Designer at BCD Meetings and Events, who chatted with us about how she approaches city-based incentive programs. I think you can sell any city as an incentive destination if it matches the audience. Your audience is going to tell you where you need to take your event. And a lot of people like sun and sand just fine, but they also like cultural experiences. They also like a chance to explore a new place. And cities have a lot to offer. So if the things the city offers match the needs of your audience, it's a great place to promote and different cities will work for different groups. For some of us, that might mean looking at Canada and going to Vancouver or Toronto or someplace like that as part of the city destination. But the, the hook you have with an urban destination is you're playing off of creating one-of-a-kind experiences. You're really looking at ways that you can bring that city to life for your attendees in a way that gives them access to things they couldn't do as individuals, that gives them a chance to experience the city in a new way and gives them something to brag about and to kind of say at some moment during the trip, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And most destinations, you can find a way to make that happen. You just have to take a look at what that city is known for, what are the unique experiences that it can do and offer? And how can you show your attendees what it's all about? So like here in Chicago, for instance, the waiting list for Hamilton tickets, still very long. The waiting list for Alinea, 
one of the top restaurants in the world is pretty much not possible for the average person. And frankly, even if you get on the wait list and you get a reservation, you're still looking at spending hundreds of dollars on your meal. And that is also beyond the means of many people. So when you offer the opportunity to come to a city like Chicago and stay at the Waldorf or at one of our cool boutique hotels, or you have a chance to go do a private meal at Alinea. You have a chance to do an after-hours tour of a new exhibit at the Art Institute. Those are the kinds of things that can take a city from like just someplace you've gone for a weekend to something super exclusive. If you go to Seattle, one of the things you'll note about Seattle is that it is like a combination of both an urban city and wilderness. It's surrounded by ski slopes and hiking trails. There's even Discovery Park out at the end of the Sound in kind of the Magnolia area of Seattle. That park, you can go on day hikes there and feel like you're out in the woods far from the city. So Seattle's great if you've got a really active group. If you've got younger people who might be like, if you're taking them to Cancun, doing zip lining and cenote diving, take them biking, take them out into the mountains to hike or take them to Discovery Park, do an art crawl. Seattle and Pioneer Square has this beautiful neighborhood full of art galleries. And on first Thursday, they open all the galleries and they just wander from gallery to gallery and the restaurants all have fixed price menus and you can go have an a night out in these art, art galleries. So you could recreate that for your group exclusively and have book four or five of the galleries down in Pioneer Square and book restaurants nearby for dinner and create this night out experiencing that uber culture, cutting edge art scene in Seattle. If you think about in New York and the stereotype of the clubs with the, with the rope line, and everybody's standing in line, and then you get into the club, assuming you, you're cool enough to get into the club, and then you see behind ropes inside the VIP section where it's bottle service and all that cool. You can actually create that for people. You can go to those clubs, and you can book a private space, and you can create a moment where you are the VIP as the attendee. You're watching the world from the VIP lens. There's cachet in that for a lot of people. What about before the trip? How do you market or frame an incentive trip to a city differently than you might a more traditional destination? You're hinting at some of the exclusive things you're going to get to do as a participant, physically sending something when we're doing an urban destination, because you can get something from a local craftsperson, you can get some whiskey from a local distiller or some cool chocolates from an artisan chocolate place. And you can send those over to your guests with a kind of teaser note and they can touch and feel and taste the destination and start to feel a bit of the treatment they're going to get on site at the program. What captures the imagination of each audience? And so you've got to picture that destination through their eyes. What movies have they seen? What books have they read? What is their image of cool in that destination? And then you tailor the program and the promotions to that. So if you're dealing with a financial services client, they tend to have more conservative company cultures. They tend to have, not always, but you're going to maybe have a little older audience than you might if you were dealing with a tech company. So you're going to focus on the activities that are exclusive for that group, whereas a, you might even need a different spin, a different hotel when you're looking at a younger, funkier demographic. They don't care about luxury as much as they care about being on the scene. So you're going to highlight those aspects of the destination in your communications with them and make both of these groups see that they can live out some kind of fantasy. They can live out a version of that city that they think is 
the ultimate. And when I have sold urban destinations in the past, I've used as part of the communications plan, we've given away movies, either links to say, hey, check this movie out, check this movie out, or even sent out DVDs of movies filmed in those locations. It's something you can kind of get them involved because if you have ever lived in a city where they filmed a movie, you're always looking at it and you're saying, oh, I've seen that. Oh, that's totally not how you drive down that street. Or why would they put them there and then go here and then go here? Everyone in Chicago looks at Harry Met Sally and sees them driving south along Lakeshore Drive. And it's a beautiful view, but that's nowhere near the, they're heading towards the University of Chicago, not leaving it. Putting people visually and centrally in that environment, it makes that start to come alive. Their imaginations catch. And that's when they start to say, you know what, I really do want to be there. It's that heart pull that says, this is something I really want. Yeah. And and I imagine that finding ways to leverage social media and connect with attendees that way would be key to elevating an incentive event and creating long-term impact. 100%. And like using group hashtags to help people post and pull the thread of the city through in all of the posts that they do as individuals, using the tools of social media and frankly of television and of kind of media promotion of destinations in the travel industry, it's really useful for incentive planners because if you tuned into a program on the Travel Travel Channel about San Francisco, all of the things they're going to show you, the cool restaurants that you're going to want to go to, the ride on the cable car, the view from Alcatraz, all of those things are things that well, you're watching that and you're saying, you know, that looks like fun. I'm going to immediately price my flights to San Francisco. That's the stuff that you're going to use to promote your destination and get that same reaction, except this time they're earning it, not checking how to pay for it themselves. It's really easy when you're going to a more traditional sun and sand or ski or cultural, like historical destination. It's really easy to promote that because those things, everybody loves to get away. So the idea of having a week to sit in the sun and have a few drinks and go out and hike and swim and relax, that, that's not hard to sell. Everybody needs a break from their life. When you're going to an urban destination, you're selling an experience. You're selling the lifestyle. You're selling an image and letting people visualize themselves active in another world. For an example of how a city can serve as a memorable incentive destination, we spoke with Michelle Couch, founder, and Keely Krauss, director of event strategy for Event Experience, a destination marketing company based in Seattle that recently joined the DMC network. We like to consider ourselves more of a boutique event planning company. We thrive on relationships with our clients, so we manage events of all sizes, We have quite a few local clients here, and with being a part of the DMC network, we are doing many incentive events and love bringing people into Seattle and showing our city off. We like to sit down with our clients, hear what their goals are for their incentive trips or their dine-arounds and or conventions, and then bring those goals to life. How do the activities that incentive groups seek out in a city differ from what they would be looking for in a traditional meeting? You know, we end up with clients that have chose Seattle, and then we also end up with clients that are potentially looking at three to four other cities, and then we we kind of go into them and pitch Seattle to them and why we think that they should come here. We consider ourselves Seattle experts, and when the clients 
start with us, we either invite them here so we can show them around and or we will, you know, talk with them, tell them a little bit about our city and or show them even some just vision boards and different things that we think would be a good fit for their event um, to get the ball rolling on just having them fall in love with Seattle like we do. And then we usually have a couple day site visit tours um, where we're showing them all the venues that potentially would be good for their off-sites or their dine arounds and things of that nature. And how do you encourage a group to bring an incentive to a destination like Seattle? There's a few mentalities about Seattle when people first think Seattle, you know, they think, oh, they're known as the rainy city. But Michelle and I both born and raised here, you know, don't necessarily feel that way. We love our four seasons. You know, we can hit the mountains from downtown Seattle in 45 minutes. Our spring is absolutely gorgeous. The cherry blossoms are beautiful and everything's green. Pacific Northwest is known for all of our hills, mountains, and our views are breathtaking. And our food is absolutely fantastic. Seafood, Asian cuisine, farm to table, um, those are kind of three of the genres that Seattle is known for. We have a great music scene as well with um, we, uh, Mopop. It's a, um, it used to be called the Experience Music Project. Now it's the Museum of Pop Culture. Mm-hmm. It's got... And and Mopop is definitely kind of bringing all of our music over the years <clears throat> into a museum, but really any block might have a music venue. People, live music is just something that people really enjoy here. And so we've got different bars and hotels and restaurants that have live music going on all the time, which is. What about finding incentive level venues? Obviously, a, a traditional meeting room or conference center is maybe not the kind of event space you look for for an incentive that you're bringing to the city. Right, right in the um, heart of downtown, we've got Chihuly Garden and Glass, which was created by Dale Chihuly, who is a born and raised Seattle guy. And so we have a full venue that um, is Chihuly, I would say, is probably one of our top uh, clients or venues that we'd recommend to clients. And then right above it is the Space Needle, and across the street is Mopop, or right across the way is Mopop. In fact, for an incentive group last year, we did an entire block party, and we rented out all three of them. And so we had all three venues, and people could go from every exhibit into each. This happened to be a group of 5,000, and it really was a great way to be able to get this group of 5,000 to see these venues and move throughout throughout them throughout the night. The Seattle Aquarium right on the waterfront, we can host very large groups there, and we, there's a it's right on one of the piers in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have the right on the pier in Seattle, you have the view of the Great Wheel along on the waterfront. The Cascade Mountains in the back. Yep, Cascade Mountains in the back. There's often sailboats going by. And so we can host a little cocktail hour out on the pier, and then they can move into the aquarium and spend the rest of their evening there. It's just an absolutely beautiful location for an event. And I would think making traditional elements of an event truly experiential would be a consideration as well. You know, if you go into Pike Place Market, You've got the fish throwers right there in the market. So we'll oftentimes we'll bring them in and show them throwing their fish. We'll bring some of our local wineries in and do wine pairings with different foods. So we we love to bring everything that we have here in Seattle right to our event. How do you help groups tailor their city experience? Say if uh, there are a few outdoorsy people in the group who would be looking for something more along those lines. 
Yeah, so I mean, um, even in downtown Seattle, we have several different restaurants that have oyster shucking. So you can be shucking oysters in a restaurant and tasting them. And then probably an hour and 20 minutes, we've got Suncadia, which is a beautiful retreat just outside of you know downtown, basically, where you can go and enjoy all those mountain views. There's several hikes. Snow in the winter. Yeah, snow in the winter with an ice skating rink. It really depends on what our clients are looking for. If they want to have a day where we take them to the ocean, we can do that within an hour. If, we, if they want to go to the mountains, we can do that within an hour. I think we have a little something for everyone. The person that's in, into history, the person that's into art, nature, hiking, we just, whether it's our kayaking, there's just something for everybody here. That was a point that those who create incentive programs came back to repeatedly. For city-based incentive programs, customization is key. I think from a planner perspective, the most important thing is really to focus on the city that's going to make your attendees happy. And it isn't always the usual suspects. You know, sometimes it's New Orleans, sometimes it's Austin, Texas, sometimes it's Louisville, Kentucky. You know, it's it it's not necessarily the San Francisco's, the New York's, the Chicago's, the Miami's, although those are great too. It's who is your group? What do they want? And what urban destination can make it possible for them to really have fun? That's our show for today. This episode was brought to you by Visit Seattle. Learn more about Seattle's incentive offerings and more at visitseattle.org backslash meetings. Thanks for listening, and please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. 